0: Hey, friends. Today, we're just going to give you a quick update on how things are going in the dairy department at the farm here. Uh, and hopefully, it will inspire you because we have made some progress.
1: Welcome to the Schoolhouse Life and our I bought a homestead now
0: up podcast. I'm Lacey. And I'm Drew, homestead health and business strategist. And between us, we have nearly 40 years' experience in homesteading, parenting, and holistic living. We love helping people live more sufficient, deeply rooted, and satisfyingly connected
1: lives. Two to three times per month, we post a new podcast on Wednesdays that will inspire, ease, and answer questions about this lifestyle you may not even know to ask.
0: People and Homestead Strategy clients ask us all the time how, why, and what to do to make their homestead less chaotic, more efficient, and mostly more peaceful. The lessons we've learned, the training we've had, and our strategic approach will help you skip steps And find more ease in your homesteading journey.
1: Did you hear something you like? Did you learn something new? Please share with a friend or on social. Tag us at The Schoolhouse Life. And we will be thrilled to share and connect. Your shares, encouragement, and even questions are what keep us going. Thank you.
0: All right, Drew. Tell us what has transpired since our last podcast.
1: So last podcast, we were still logging and we were trying to get the um, cow into the barn on the regular right um and if you haven't listened to that episode go back and listen to it it's called what's the title how to milk a cow question question mark (laughs) 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 um so since then we um have been able to get her to come to the barn essentially what i decided was i was going to work with the halter with her And Lacey and I kind of had this moment where we came together and Lacey was like, look, we can't both be working on this project together Mm -hmm. at the same time. And I think that was a really good like moment of realization. We were like, it was kind of silly for us both to be trying to pull a halter, you know, like we both wanted to do it. But um, Lacey said if I got her trained, then she would come milk. (laughs) Fair enough. Um,
0: i will say i think my influence was strong though because my idea from the beginning was halter
1: yeah exactly and i mean i am with them every single day because Mm. or more because i'm moving them constantly um so i started with the halter it was like essentially just like i went out there and i would feed her an alfalfa cube and then put the halter near her and then i just like kept doing this like um i was doing it twice a day because at that point i was moving them twice a day so i just kept like slowly and then for a while i was just hanging the halter from her ears and um and then i would put it on and take it off and like it was over the process of what do you think like two weeks Mm -hmm. about two weeks of doing that to where then i could put the halter on her and she had no problems and then i started doing where i would just like pull her a little bit and I mean, it was again like we said in the first podcast, it was just so much slower going than I'm comfortable with, but I was just like, you know, I'm going to this is going to be a marathon. Like, I kind of got in the mindset of like even if I don't milk her with this calf, mm-hmm. at least she'll be trained for the next right. calf. Mm-hmm. And and um
0: oh, well, and you'll be trained because we also have another cow that could potentially birth and then we could potentially milk her. So, right. it's like, okay.
1: You learn you this process, out this process. Then, yeah. yeah, oh my gosh
0: that, <laughs> she's see, a little bit more wild, so it'll be interesting if
1: that. <laughs> her favorite thing to do is move at the top of her lungs, oh my gosh. and to run and kick her back legs up in the air
0: so, i'm not I'm not hundred percent sure she's a keeper. <laughs> you know like <laughs> we've talked about this before with livestock if it's not a good fit, it's not a good fit, and you you can always move on.
1: I do think that she would be a great candidate for the shoe. So, I'm kind of like, you know mm. she might just might put her out there, I yeah. mean, that's kind of the nice thing about having that property is you know if they don't if they're not like a dairy candidate or a homestead dairy candidate, you put them out there and now they're a beef candidate <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> um,
0: well, and that's again, I mean the reason that we go with this dual purpose is because we want it to be, and the the truth is the one we're milking, Liesl, she is not a dual purpose, she's a dairy breed, yeah, I think maybe in heritagely speaking back. Back a few hundred years, maybe she was a dual purpose breed, but you know, that how she's things not work. She's not
1: beefy. No, she's not beefy. She carries her, she carries her body for milk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she does.
1: Um, so then we started taking the process of, I, I, and I'm still doing this, I would take her into the barn and tie her halter to the head gate and feed her in the like feeder on the other side of the head gate. And um, that's what she does now. And we milk her successfully so that's like a uh, i remember the first morning i was just like i'm just gonna take her and put her in there and then i was like you know i'm gonna see if i can squeeze a little milk out. and then i was like you know what she's letting me and so i just kept going well
0: i think we said in the original one it was never a matter she let you milk she would always let me get down there and squeeze her out or she didn't care about that she just didn't want to stand still right. and she definitely did not want to be in the head gate where it would be convenient to milk her so yeah it, she was always pretty willing to let us That's squeeze and, and get yeah. milk out. It was just, okay, how do we get her to stand in a place stand that we still. can do it?
1: Yeah, and so she would, like, she would, I started with the halter pretty loose, and then Matt was like, you know, just keep tying the halter tighter and tighter. And, like, now, like, this, today, I actually had the halter, like, tied about as tight as it can go, so she couldn't really step backwards. She kind of had to keep her head in the head gate. Which when you, like if you haven't milked before, if they step backwards one step, it's not a big deal. If they take two steps backwards, now their foot's in the bucket or kicking the bucket mm. over. So for a while, like I started out milking one handed, one hand on the bucket and one hand mm. on an udder. But then you're not efficient. No, then you're out there forever. And so and, and like some people will say you have to feed them. Um while they're milking and then some people say, absolutely don't feed them while they're milking. But I went with the approach of, I was just going to give her alfalfa pellets while, or alfalfa cubes while I milk her. So she's super willing to now stand there as long as she has food. But Mm. when she doesn't, she's not, she's ready to go. She's not as excited. Um, But I even noticed this morning, so she was pretty much out and I had to push her to go back out and actually close the head gate. After she was out because she was trying to stick her head back in there, mm. even though I was done milking. So we're getting somewhere with that. And I have a, I have two volunteers that keep asking me to wake them up in the morning to come help. And they just sit there and like drop one cube at a time into the sink. So, so cute. I, I had like this. It's definitely easier to just get up and walk out the door by yourself and do everything but i to me the whole point of us homesteading and doing all of this is Mm -hmm. for the kids for them to be learning for them to be having those experiences alongside of us so i've just decided like yeah it's can be a little more frustrating because like i've got the bucket of milk and abraham's like jumping back and forth through the little hole i cut out and like He's like standing on a board and he's getting ready to jump and I have like the whole bucket of milk and he's like, um, I'm going to jump over there. I'm like, dude, this <laughs> milk is like right here. I don't want that spilled. Mm. And, you know, then he's like twirling stuff in the air. And I'm like, I don't want that in the milk. And like, so there's like <laughs> there's a there's an extra challenging effort. But I feel like at this point, the milking is starting to refine itself more. Mm. Um the challenging part now is figuring out a system of wherever she is because we rotate so much of being able to have laneways back to the barn. Mm. And um, it's turning out like our driveway is our property is kind of set up so our driveway makes a pretty good laneway to the barn. Um,
0: well, and- I think two things that I'm picking up from the conversation, and just I think to be clear with everybody about the learning from this is. Um, not possible without community. So one of the things that's available on the internet at large and in you know, Facebook world is you've got a group that for everything, right? right. you got a group for yeah. how to keep a family cow. And I'm not advocating for that group. I'm actually <laughs> right. advocating to potentially ignore that group and just find trusted friends in your community who have done what you're trying to do and will, will help you, you know, pay them if necessary, it trade with them you know just be friends like have a community of people who are supporting one another and shout out to Matt who was yeah. a major help for Drew and also Courtney who was willing and gave she was the one who put the halter idea in my mind and right. um and i think everyone has a different vision for their homestead and you're never going to be identical to anyone else um but finding real people and having real conversations with people who are doing it and not just the internet at large it just can be so overwhelming you can post and you know, like Drew was saying, with feeding them or not feeding them, you can post in a group and they'll say, "Oh, if you're not feeding them while you're eat, they're eating here, I'm going to call, you know, child protective services. Right. <laughs> Seriously, like people are just so. No,
1: I know. Well, when we first started, like the whole process of like how are we going to milk her, I posted in that one family cow group, mm-hmm. and people just like, I mean, it was like insane, and I was like, "Oh, right, right, right. This is Facebook." Mm -hmm. and i should not be asking for advice in here Mm -hmm. and like i know people are passionate but people in that group were ugly and Mm -hmm. not nice and i've seen it time and time again on other people in other groups also and it was just like this is not helpful and it's going to stress me out and Mm
0: -hmm.
1: ultimately like like you said it's not the real world it's not really people that are doing it and
0: Well, a lot of times, yeah, yeah, no, these people are just, they could not even have a cow. Yeah, they might not even have a cow. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. you never really know. And I'm sure there are a lot of great people in there that mean well. And maybe the goal is to like just whittle through and make some real true friends and community from the people that, you know, are in there. But, it you know, you can't just put your stuff out on the Internet and wait for it to tell you what to do, because it'll tell you everything to do.
1: (laughs) Right. And, And, I mean, there's the whole context, too, you know, like I don't want to use a bunch of chemicals Mm -hmm. i don't want to feed crappy feed i want to move them all the time and like our homestead is like nobody else's homestead and Mm -hmm. the way we move is completely different so Mm -hmm. it's like you've got i think there's you have to trust yourself also like you know last night we spent probably an hour or more setting up new laneways and Mm. all this stuff and then the cows Got out and came running down the driveway. And, you know, well, at least
0: they showed you where the weak spots were during the process. Well, and that's what Levi was was like,
1: at least you didn't wake up in the morning (laughs) and they were gone. (laughs) I was like, that's so true. But, you know, and it's, there's like this whole thing of like, most people are like, you know, you got to separate the cow that you're milking from the rest of the herd. Mm -hmm. And I can see that in a large herd. It wouldn't make sense to bring 20 cows to the barnyard, but we have, four now and i'm like you know what i'm just going to bring them all every time because then everybody is happier Mm -hmm. you know so it's like that context is very specific to us Mm -hmm. and yeah i don't know there's there's still a lot of learning going on but i I don't know
0: major progress we're getting about half a gallon a day right which for us is, is exactly what our family drinks so um if we can maintain that that would be lovely yeah
1: I know. Pretty <laughs> exciting. So we just wanted to share that with you guys. If uh, you need help milking, um, find somebody that has experience milking. It's not us. <laughs> it's not us. <laughs> <laughs> we can point you in the direction oh, of some people. We can,
0: yeah, we can, uh, for yeah. sure.
1: And uh, share this episode with somebody that might benefit, you know. They're them.
0: like, oh, they, if they're listening, they're like, no, don't tend them to me. No, maybe they'll yeah. be willing. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it,
1: yeah. It, you know, somebody might need a little bit of encouragement. And I hope that that's what this episode yeah, does. Yeah, for sure. Uh, thanks for listening and tag us on social media.